Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What up, what up? Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. Big news day today. The goat hangs it up again. Something felt oddly familiar about today. Yeah. Having a little deja vu is because on February 1st of 2022, Tom Brady also told us that he was hanging it up, and now he is, in his words, for good. Yeah, it's funny. This feels so much more permanent to me, and that is a, probably an illogical take. But just the way he started his message by saying, I know you don't get two big goodbyes. <laughs> yeah, right. I, he is aware of the situation, and he would he couldn't possibly ask for another mulligan on retirement. He could not do that. But that's not true because some of our favorite athletes gave us multiple goodbyes. Michael Jordan gave us multiple goodbyes. Favre gave us multiple goodbyes. I mean, this happens. Youth still thinks Serena's coming back. <laughs> I do. I definitely. Tiger but that would Woods be two. has come back. Now, Michael I don't know if Jordan, I don't know if Michael Jordan's multiple goodbyes are exactly the same because he left to play baseball one. That wasn't, that never felt like I don't know. Did he say I'm done playing basketball forever? I can't even remember what that was all about. I mean, he walked away at the height of his powers. Like, that was the mo- one of the most shocking retirements, and then he decided to come back. Now, we don't talk about those Washington Wizards years because, you know, why do it? But at the same time, like, if Brady did want to come back, if he changed his mind, if someone calls him late in training camp after an injury, I, I just think you never say never. Now, listen, last year at this time, he did not have the broadcasting deal. Maybe that changes it, but I don't think so. I think 45 changes it. I think that is the key component here. I mean, and it was also what happened last year. What's what the ha- difference? <laughs> Eventually, the age catch up to you. If you if by that logic, he's going to play till 74 years old. So he said he at one point thought didn't did not discount playing until 50. I mean, if he's going to go to 50, I thought he was going to get there. Yeah, I mean, listen. If he survived in his late 80s, then he probably would be at least a backup. You know, that maybe 80 for Brady would be a totally different movie. Oh, there you <laughs> Just go. actually Tom Brady out there as an 80-year-old quarterback. Be like, well, he doesn't move in the pocket or move at all, but uh, we could still see him completing passes. <laughs> yeah, no, he'd be pretty good probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, quarterback is mostly a mental game. And as long as you still have your faculties about <laughs> your marbles. it. marbles. Yeah, uh, I just think there's so much going on in his life too. Uh, do you think, and this is pure speculation, people are obviously connecting dots with his personal life and all the turmoil and that. Do you think that you said actually at one point, maybe that would make him more likely to stay in the game because he has more free time? Well, I mean, I, I just, I think it's weird that I've seen this a little bit, mostly on social media. So take that for what it is, that people think now him and Joe are going to like get back together. And I, I just think that's really short-sighted. It's like, I don't think they 
if you if you're going to really go through with a divorce, it's probably not just for one reason. Football might have been a reason, but I can't imagine it was the only reason, right? Oh, to the logic being that if he gives up football, she's ready to take him back. Yeah, I, I just don't see that. I mean, I think the botch crypto deal is more likely <laughs> oh, to be the problem. I, I who you're you're a hundred percent right. There's so much more to it, and I think at this level, celebrity. Not that I can relate. That maybe they were li- leading separate lives geographically. It, it seems like there was when you're an athlete and you're the most successful model in the world that you would be apart a lot. Listen, we don't know Tom Brady, but our next guest does because he blocked for Tom Brady. 2005 season, it was magical. Ross Tucker was there. He's now the host of the Ross Tucker podcast. He's a good friend of the show. Ross, we haven't seen you since the Army-Navy radio row. How you been, bud? I am doing awesome. Always great to see you guys. Always great to be on with you. And yes, I think I played... 17 glorious snaps for the 2005 New England Patriots. Yeah. I think if if uh, if memory serves, actually the team I played the least for. But then I resigned there in 2006. So I was there the whole offseason and training camp until Belichick traded me to Cleveland. So I got plenty of uh, Brady stories, takes. What do you want? I got Wait, it. Rush, <laughs> what, what position were you playing? Were you, you were playing guard at the time with Brady? Did you ever do a snap? Center, center and guard. So, so- like, the story I always tell, Andrew, is that in 18 years of playing football, okay, the most boring, mundane thing you do as an offensive lineman, in particular a center, is at the start of every practice, every level of football, quarterback-center exchange. So, you know, the center bends over, the quarterback <laughs> comes up, you snap the ball to him. I never played with a quarterback that cared nearly as much about the center snap as Brady. Mm. Like I'm telling you guys, this is April or May of 06. So at this point, I'm 26, 27 years old. It's my sixth year in the NFL. I've started 25 games. When I happened to be center for the mini camps and Brady was quarterback, he would look at me before he'd call the play. Stare right in my eyes, like, all right, Ross, you and me, great snap first, great snap first. And in my head, and I, I'll be like, got it, bro, got it. And in my head, I was like, okay, Tom, okay, <laughs> like, Tom Brady's like looking at you. So the thing is, is like, you know, when you snap the ball to a quarterback when they're under center, their hand is, you know, they go under your in the undercarriage there, and you snap the ball and it hits the top hand of the quarterback, like it makes it makes a noise like that, right? Brady is such a psycho that he wanted like that perfect smack every time. Mm. Like in in his crazy mind, okay, the perfect snap gave him like a fraction more time to look at the defense, a millisecond more to step back, you know, from center, um, even a little bit more time to get rid of the ball. And so what I learned from him, and I, I do a lot of public speaking, and I tell this story all the time. The guy had already won three Super Bowls. You know, he's already Tom Brady. He never looked at anything in life like, I got this. Like, he didn't want anybody taking any of his reps. Whereas most guys are like, go ahead. They, they don't want the reps. Brady relished any opportunity to do something a little bit better to show he could do it a little bit better. He wanted that. Like, he was obsessed with that. And so I learned a lot about that in terms of how to live your life. Because so often, 
there's aspects of our lives that we don't really put much stock into because we've done it for so long. He just doesn't look at it that way. He is constantly trying to do every aspect of his life a little bit better than he's done before. Now, Ross, early in his career, I feel like he was under center a lot more. Late in his career, he... In my mind, Tom Brady moved into shotgun a ton. Everyone's in shotgun yeah. now. Nobody people so, are in shotgun on a third and one. Right. So in 06, was was were you were you doing shotgun a lot with him, or was that under center more? I know that's a silly little well, question. It, it was still it was still probably more under center. Now it, until like 04, it was a lot of under center. 05, 06, started to move to shotgun a little bit more. You know. He liked to be able to see the defense. He really liked an empty set because the defense kind of has to show their cards when you have five eligible receivers. You can't really disguise blitzes anymore because you got to have five guys covering those guys so he can kind of see things. And I think at this stage of his career, he didn't move great. And I think, not that he ever did. We used to actually make fun of him for that. But um, I think he just wanted to get the ball in his hands and get it out as fast as possible. That was very clear this year. Very clear. Ross Tucker is joining us. He's the host of the Ross Tucker podcast. Of course, he's also got my frontpagestory.com, which we'll get to in just a moment. But Ross, you're describing Brady and his like maniacal obsession with football. If this really is it, and if this retirement sticks, are you worried about him, his life after football, and adjusting to what it's like to kind of be you know, off the field? I worry about every player for that reason, Maggie. I mean, I'll I'll use myself as an example, right? I retired at 28. I had other things I could do with my life. I, you know, went to a good school, way better than Dartmouth, by the way. Like, way, (laughs) way better than Dartmouth. I'm glad you got that. Um, Go Tigers. But no, in all sincerity, and I had done, Maggie, I had done an internship every offseason. Cause I always knew that football was like a temp job. You know how there's guys that say like football is not who I am. It's just what I do. Like there's always those guys that go out of their way to tell you that they're more than a football player. I was kind of the opposite. I loved being a football player. Mm-hmm. I love that. When I went back to my hometown, people would point and say, there's Ross Tucker, the football player. You know, I, I love that. I love when I was in the NFL city, people would want my autograph or say, there's I." I loved it that that was my identity. And so the toughest thing about retiring is like, you feel like you lose your identity in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. The other thing is like, and I think this is why I thought Brady would play again. I think he was a little bit scared of what football is, what life's like after football. And I also think he realizes and talked to enough people to realize you can never replicate what that's like again. Never. The, the emotions, the feeling you have when you are right about to start NFL game, you just can't replicate that anywhere else in life. No matter how much money you do, I don't care. No matter how, no matter how much money you make, no matter how much money you spend, you just can't replicate what it's like. And I think he realized that, and I think he loved that. And I kind of thought he was going to keep playing just to try to keep doing that for as long as he could. Well, that leads to the next question. Do you think that there's any chance he'd come out of this retirement, say the perfect opportunity arose, there was an injury, or he got a call even mid-season? you think he's done-done? I'd say like less than 5%. I'd be really surprised. I'd be shocked. Because 
if that was a, a consideration, why would he do this now? I don't know what happened last year. Last year seemed like a cluster. Last year it didn't seem like it was what he wanted to do. The whole thing was awkward. I don't know if he was trying to go to the Dolphins with Sean Payton. I don't know what happened last year. But after what happened last year, I just don't think he would have done this today if there was any part of him that thought he might come back. There's no rush. He doesn't need to. He didn't need to do this today. Could have waited another month. Could have waited another two months, three months. So I don't know why he would do this today if there was any inkling that he would you know, come back. And I do think it's interesting because part of me thought when he got divorced that maybe the 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 compelling forces to retire weren't there as much. Maybe a lot of that was from his wife and maybe he would keep playing. Seems like maybe the opposite. You know, now that he's divorced, it seems like uh, it's even a higher priority to be able to spend as much quality time with his with his kids as he can. Ross Tucker is joining us. So, Ross, uh, let's maybe fill some musical chairs here a little bit or get your early thoughts. If Brady's now off the market, veteran quarterbacks this offseason are a very valuable commodity because you've got teams that are ready to win right now and the quarterback situations are a little bit dicey. Talking about San Francisco, talking about Vegas, talking about maybe the Miami Dolphins. We found out two of past concussion protocols today. I guess he's still in the concussion protocol, even though he's not preparing for a game. You know, Tampa needs a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. There's a lot of openings here for Derek Carr, for Aaron Rodgers. Like, where do you see these guys ending up this offseason? Aaron Rodgers feels like the Jets. Mm. Feels like the Jets to me. Wow, E2, Ross, E2. Samter is rejoicing. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think the Packers want to trade him in the NFC. And I think the Jets owner has a high desire for big name quarterbacks, for marquee quarterbacks, and they are ready to win right now. I mean, the Jets are going to the playoffs next year if they get Aaron Rodgers. That's what's happening. The New York Jets are in the playoffs next year with Aaron Rodgers. And that's pretty valuable. And you got to have somebody that's willing to take on the $60 million. And I think the Jets are willing to do that. So I think that feels like the Jets. I wouldn't be shocked by the Raiders, but it doesn't feel like Josh McDaniel's style to bring in a quarterback that's making $60 million that he might butt heads with. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't see that from Josh McDaniels. I think he's more likely to bring in like Baker Mayfield. Mm. as his quarterback. I I can see that with the Raiders. Derek Carr, I think there's a lot of options for Derek Carr. And I think Derek Carr is a really good option for Tampa, for Carolina. That would probably be what I would do if I was Frank Reich, is try to get – because he could solidify that position right away. And Carolina would have a great chance to go to the playoffs. Carolina would have a great chance to win that division with Derek Carr. Ross, tell us about myfrontpagestory.com. This thing's pretty cool. Well, it's just the best Valentine's Day gift ever. And it's February, fellas. And we're less than two weeks away from Valentine's Day. They literally, you talk to a writer for 10 minutes about your wife or significant other, whoever. They write the most unbelievable story. It's framed. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It's absolutely beautiful. It's pictures of you and her together smiling 
she won't even know. Like she'll think that you came up with this idea on your own. That you like <laughs> thought about this and you you hired some writer <laughs> like Andrew Perloff to write this great story <laughs> about her. She will be blown away. She doesn't even know this is a thing. And then when she reads the quote, like I never thank her enough for all the little things she does for the family. She will cry. They cry yeah. almost every, almost every time they cry. I've seen the videos. And then the beauty of it is it's hanging up in the house forever. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Trust me. You And by the way, I got a code for you guys. CBS 10. So the number 10. CBS, the number 10. 10% off. That way they know I sent you guys. Myfrontpagestory.com. I would not steer you guys wrong. Okay. MyFrontPageStory.com. Now, Ross, I've met your wife, so if I was interviewing for this, the first question would be, why Ross? Because you've outkicked your coverage, <laughs> much like I have. But uh, no, thank you, dude. And of course, we have to say it. Spicy mustard for life. Spicy mustard for life. We also have to say, Maggie, I'm sad that your bills aren't in this game. I know you're, uh, <laughs> you're probably still in mourning. Yeah. Uh, but not everybody can have the best O-line and the best D-line and the best roster by far in the NFL. It's it's hard <laughs> It's hard to be uh, somebody from Philadelphia these days. Yeah. Do you see Fred Warner's wife is mad at us, though, Ross? Us Philadelphians? Because people were obscene to her in the crowd. I mean, I kind of get it. I don't know how they were obscene, but... (laughs) Yeah. At this point, how do do people not know? (laughs) My my first game I ever suited up in the NFL was for Washington at Philly at the old veteran stadium. And I said to my girlfriend, who's my wife now, my father-in-law, my sister, my mom, my dad, under no circumstances do any of you wear anything while <laughs> nothing. And not only that, don't cheer. If something good happens for us, just smile. Don't stand up. Don't cheer. Don't draw attention to yourself. It's not worth it. But other people just don't get it. Like, I don't know why you would wear it. I mean, they just don't they just don't understand. They don't get it. No, I appreciate you saying that, Ross. Maggie well, doesn't understand, Ross, but her fans know. jump through tables, so they're not that <laughs> much themselves. different. Listen, Ross is a former Buffalo Bill. I mean, I'm talking to a legend here. Uh, Ross, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Great perspective today. Well, as always, but especially on Tom Brady, we appreciate it. And we'll see you in Phoenix. Yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Ross. You bet. Ross Tucker. Check out the Ross Tucker podcast. I love that story about Brady and the precision of snaps in April. I mean, come on. It, but it totally Mad squares. Man. Like Madman. You can tell me anything about Brady's preparation, and I yeah. believe it. Is there anybody around Brady who doesn't have a Brady preparation story? Scott Pioli tells a story about when he was a rookie coming in on a Friday night in May at 2 in the morning, and Brady's doing there working on his uh, drop. But see, that so that it's got to the point where it's like folklore now, where you can be like, listen, Tom Brady in the offseason – he would ride a horse, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the to Providence, and he would get off the horse, and then he would go to this yeah, old yeah. man in an alley who would blah blah, and I'd be like, yeah, probably right. Yeah, I didn't, know, didn't know Brady was a horse guy. But meanwhile, sure. we sit there with watching Netflix with a bowl of popcorn on our stomach, ninety percent <laughs> of our free time. It makes it makes you wonder what Wait, where we could have been if we had that work ethic. That's also the arena. <laughs> yeah. It's a certain type of arena that we're <laughs> An in. Arena? Something like that. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Okay, we're still taking your suggestions, submissions, if you will, for the one retirement that hit you hardest as a fan. We'll share some more of those in just a moment. Plus, a lukewarm reception that we were pretty surprised by. We'll get to that 
as well. Don't move. More Maggie and Pearl off right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Maggie, I am very confused by something that is going on in sports right now. Tell me. Sean Payton got hired by the Broncos yesterday, and it was met by a collective yawn. Now, if Sean Payton had been hired three weeks ago, the storyline would have been Denver Broncos win the coaching hiring cycle. They get the most in-demand coach in years is going to be their head coach. Got their man. Got their man. Not only their man. I think Sean Payton is the most in-demand coach. I, I don't even remember somebody. I is mean, there anybody who's had this much buzz? This you watch weird, the Dallas but- Cowboys all season long, and all anybody talked about was, man, what if they got Sean Payton? We we rarely had a situation like that, and yet nobody cared yesterday at all. It was bizarre. I found it bizarre, too, because you have two like A-listers in the NFL, which is Sean Payton, and you've got Russell Wilson. And I think a lot of people maybe believe that what we saw last year from Russell Wilson, like that this is it. Maybe they feel like he's a lost cause. I don't know. But you have like two A-list people together now who seemingly had like no relationship before. I don't think that was meaningful. And now they're getting paired together. Like this should be the story. And you're right. Everyone was just like, uh-huh. Well, I think it's because they didn't hire him originally and they did a bunch of other interviews. I think that's so... Like they don't really want him or he's the second uh, second choice. Or he didn't really want them or there really was a conflict. It just felt like all the mo- positive momentum that they could have had with this storyline. They didn't win the press conference with Sean Payton who has a Super Bowl ring. Well, he didn't do the press conference. Yet. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> but you know that expression, win yes. the press conference. They didn't win this. I think you're right. I think it's questions about Russell Wilson, but I will tell you right now, Russell Wilson is going to improve by 200% under Sean Payton. This is going to be a spectacular success. And we've already seen what, look at the odds. They've jumped up the Super Bowl odds and the win-loss odds. I think the win total went from five, or actually they don't have a win total, but it's above eight. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Wow, you're calling it now. This is oh, going to work. I have no doubt. They have three Pro Bowl level players coming back to their offense. Yeah. Well, two and a half. I don't think Tim Patrick, the wide receiver, is quite a Pro Bowl level player. That is so easy. They have a good defense. They, uh, you know, they Russell Wilson was throwing to nobody. Half the season, Sutton was out. The other half of the season, Judy was out. He was going to Greg Dulcich. There was nobody to throw to. There was no O-line. And he still played pretty well the second half of the season. Uh, well, pretty well. But for Russell Wilson, like, that's not good enough. But you he know? had some, yeah. But I, the point was, he had some really good games the second half. Yeah, but, I mean, he, how many touchdowns did he throw? Barely. 16 on the season. Yeah, that's and he's getting paid $40 million a year. It's just not enough. You know, what I thought was kind of interesting, not to switch gears a little bit, but with David Tepper, 
You see that he did a press conference today. He's the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And Frank Wright got introduced. And he was talking about the mistake that he made by hiring Matt Rule. And Tepper said something that I think is the complete opposite of what a lot of people believe. I made this mistake. You know, I think it's a mistake to have a CEO type head coach, okay? That's a mistake, just in general. That's what I kind of believe. So I think you want to get somebody who's really good on offense or really good on defense. See, I thought CEO was like a buzzword that was around the NFL for like years. Like we need a CEO as coach and they can implement and they can coach the coaches and and everyone like they can oversee. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, David Tepper right now is saying that he made a massive mistake that he should have had a specialist. But then what NFL coach and the right or owner, excuse me, would say, I need a defensive specialist as my head coach. Like, I know D'Amico yeah. Ryans just got hired by Houston, but that seems like you're basically only going to hire offensive coaches. Yeah, and I mean, John Harbaugh was a special team coach when yeah. he got hired. He's more uh, of a CEO. Yeah, there's a... That's the, Brian Dayball. And also, to say that sort of... I know it's a shot saying Matt Rule doesn't know football. That's ridiculous. I mean, Matt Rule's been successful at every level except Carolina. It's not like Matt Rule was taking over a program that had, since 2015, they didn't won with anybody. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Seems kind of weird. I'd like to see where, where Tepper's going with Frank Reich. If he's such a genius in this thing, then I assume he'll be in the Super Bowl next year because he, you know, made a lot of money on Wall Street, right? <laughs> Get out of here, Tepper. <laughs> I, you know, I like Matt Rule a lot, and I yeah. think this is a ridiculous indictment. Well, I'm he's sorry it didn't work Temple, out. So he's a Philly. He's not a yeah. Philly guy, but... I, I know it didn't work out, but I'd like to see your uh, your next steps there, Mr. Genius. Well, I just think it's funny. He's like, we made a mistake. CEO, uh-uh. We need just the specialist. We want the niche guy, and that's going to be our head coach. 855-212-4227. We were asking before about what retirements kind of hit you the hardest as a fan. Here's Mike in California who's got one. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Out of the chat and uh, into real life, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I'm a, I'm a uh, renaissance man. I have to build it. Love it. So for me, as a lifelong Saints fan, I think three years ago or two and a half years ago with the Drew Brees over-the-shoulder farewell look, I, can, I can't believe I'm the only Saints fan who paused at that moment and went, oh, my God, he's done. Even though we didn't know he was done, we knew he was done. Yeah. Brees, that was a big one. Uh, his like, And that's the thing. Brees wasn't hurt, right? He wasn't injured at the end, but his arm was kind of gone. Right. Yeah, he wasn't the same. They came to find out he still had to have shoulder surgery again after oh, the right. season was done. So yes. he yeah. hurt, but he hadn't been the same for probably a good year and a half. And I think that we all knew it was coming. We just didn't want it to. Because, I mean, I can remember wearing the paper bags, going to the bars with my buddies to go watch <laughs> Monday Night Football and watching Aaron Brooks get destroyed on, on Monday Night Football. <sighs> so to him and Sean Payton coming to New Orleans and turning that franchise around to where we actually had you know winning seasons again, and something to be proud of as a Saints fan was watching him go and then Sean Payton going right afterwards. It kind of was an end of a you know 15 years of of greatness for us. So yeah. that one was definitely the beginning of the end, though. I uh, totally get it. Brooks was not bad, dude. He won a lot of games. What are you talking? I saw him win a Monday night game in New York once. What's wrong with Aaron Brooks? Why did he take a shot here? It wasn't just Aaron Brooks. It was Ware Brooks. It was Wade. I mean, Wade Wilson. The list went on and on of guys that could never get us past that point. And I don't want to say it was just the quarterbacks. It was quarterbacks and coaching, I think. I mean, I love Mike Ditka, but he didn't do a lot for the team either when he was down there. So it was just, I think, the combination of Peyton and Breeze 
just kind of turned that franchise around almost overnight, it seemed like. So I was kind of kidding. Years later, you're, you're coming out of the hurricane and winning the Super Bowl. So I was kind of joking. But I yeah. know. Uh, Perloff oh. making you defend the bad quarterbacks and bad no, coaches no, in New Brooks, Orleans. Aaron no, Brooks no, are a really good quarterback. No, not that he was not the only, but they weren't winning and making, not, yeah. not the turnaround that Mike's talking about with Drew no. Brees. Aaron Brooks definitely made the playoffs, though, I believe. He was not bad at all. No, I I remember yeah. that he wasn't bad, but yeah. I think Mike's point is to be taken, which is the Drew Brees and Sean Payton changed the entire outlook and changed the culture in New Orleans. Mike, thanks so much. You're a legend in the chat right now for calling in, by the way. If you want to watch us on YouTube, by the way, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Here is hey, Paul in California. What's up, Paul? How's Big Dog? Oh, Big Dog's doing great. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Perloff. <laughs> congrats on your Eagles and Maggie. I'm in mourning with you. I thought for sure your Bills were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, you and me both, Paul. Oh, well. Actually, I saw it coming and knew they were going to lose, but it's okay. We're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, on the retirement front, yeah. nothing hit me harder than Magic Johnson the first time mm. when he announced he was HIV positive. Yep. I was absolutely just devastated. I mean, to me, he saved, him and Larry saved the NBA. I was so into it in that uh, Showtime era. And I'll never, ever forget exactly where I was. I was working as a management trainee for a small company or a large company uh, renting cars. And I broke down crying right in front of one of the customers. Oh, man. Mm. But, Paul, and, you know, there was so much fear around that time, right? We were scared for magic because the public wasn't as educated on HIV as we are now. So I think that's what made that retirement just so terrible is because it was retiring from basketball and then, okay, what's his life going to be like? Well, now we know Magic Johnson is living an incredible life, you know? I mean, we thought we thought he was going to die. Yeah, right. I mean, it was just, I mean, we thought it was a death sentence and it was just devastating. Um, hey, great interview with Sally Fields. I mean, that, I, guys, I got to tell you, that's probably your, your top interview of all time, in my opinion, that I've heard. Wow. That was just awesome. I thought it was great. And uh, Maggie, I'm going to agree with you on another front. And thank God I'm not agreeing with Perloff again. Because the last two times I called in, I agreed with him. But I think Brady's coming back. I think somebody's going to be stupid and throw a ton of money at him. And in 30 or 40 days, he's coming back after him and Giselle retie the knot. (laughs) That's a lot of predictions there, Paul. We love it. Thanks so much. Hi to the family for us. I mean, I don't really know Paul's family, but that sounded right. (laughs) Hi to Big Dog. (laughs) Well, well, we it. know Big Dog. Yeah, that's true. We do know Big Dog. Yeah, Big Dog can eat. That's all we know. That's what we know. I know Big Dave. And Big Dave. Yeah. We have a Big Dog and a Big Dave on this show. We have a Big Al also who calls in now and again. Big Al calls in every once in a while. We don't have a small anybody. We have a Big Mike. Twitter uh, handle Big, big Mike, Mike CBS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Definitely By the way, small. We, had a, we had to gloss over this. I'm sorry. We had to gloss over this quickly because it was in the midst of the Ross Tucker interview. But when Ross said, <laughs> oh, Stu, I'm so, I died with you. When oh. Ross Tucker was talking about who will be the next quarterback of for the Raiders, it was like, you know, I don't see Josh McDaniels bringing in like Aaron Rodgers, someone who's very expensive and my butt heads with. I could see him bringing in more of a Baker Mayfield type and Stu's head just fell like into his hands. <laughs> oh, Terrible. no. Just the worst outcome possible would be Baker Mayfield, I feel like. Really? I'd rather stick with Stidham, honestly, for a year. Yeah, and and develop a guy behind them, but no, no Baker. I'm good on Baker Mayfield. Interesting. I would think that that's not the worst possible scenario. You're right. It's not the worst, but it feels like (laughs) one of the not so good scenarios. Yeah. It's not Nathan Peterman, but yeah. That's (laughs) true. That's worse. That was for you, Perloff. Uh, Okay. See you guys on the phones. You want to talk about 
this retirement, the one that hit you the hardest as well. Uh, we'll get to all that. We're going to do it all right after this CBS Sports Update. Here's Rich Ackerman. Sports Flag. And it's sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. There have been a lot of great ones, but Tom Brady's success is unparalleled. And today he announced his retirement, this time for good, after his 23rd season and his first, in which he did not have a winning record. His seven Super Bowl victories, more than any player in history. He won the game's MVP five times, also a record. Brady's the NFL's all-time leading passer and holds the record also for most touchdown passes. Brady's former understudy, Jimmy Garoppolo, will hit the free agent market as 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan confirmed he won't be returning to the Niners next season. Tonight's game between the Wizards and Pistons in Detroit has been postponed. The Pistons have been stranded in Dallas because of an ice storm and were unable to fly home. The Celtics own a two-game lead in the East and will host the Nets tonight. Top-ranked Purdue takes on Penn State. The Boilermakers have won their last eight. And former MVP Brianna Stewart has signed with the New York Liberty in what may be the biggest free agent signing in WNBA history. I'm Rich Ackerman. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question comes from John in L.A. Who is your favorite for the Academy Award Best Picture? Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash Ask the Pros or tweeting it at CBS, Radio, CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag Ask the Pros. I have a favorite, Maggie. We, we didn't have a favorite Tom Brady moment or something like that? <laughs> well, we were talking about Academy Awards Oh, earlier. yes, Sally Field so, I th- I think everything, everywhere, all at once is going to win. Mm, I've seen it. I think Hustle should win, obviously. Obviously, you guys got totally snubbed. But can I just say the movie Triangle of Sadness that is nominated is unbelievably not nearly as good as Hustle. The nominations <laughs> this year, the nominations this year are such a joke. I I cannot understand, and I love that director more than anything. But I do not understand what people think is the best picture anymore, and I'm going to be nothing but ranting up until the Oscars, which I will not watch. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. Along with most of America these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sports and award shows are the only thing people watch live anymore. Um, oh, award shows lose 200% of their small audience every year. There's n- Nobody will watch this Oscars. You don't think the first Oscars since Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, people are not going to tune in? I don't think people tune in. What if somebody slaps somebody else? That's the best thing they got going. I don't think people care about the Oscars <laughs> At all. Yeah, you're right about some of these best pictures. And I, you're right. Hustle got totally jobbed. Not cool. Uh, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. If you missed our interview with Sally Field, you can always download the Maggie and Perloff podcast. Wouldn't mind a subscribe on the old YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Hitting subscribe really, really helps us out. So we would appreciate it. Let's go. To the phones, shall we? This day is about Tom Brady, and it's about you. It's about our buddy Jay in Alabama. What's up, Jay? Okay, first off, the Oscars are so boring. That's why that fake slap happened last year. You still think it's fake? I love it. Yeah, I think it was fake. He was, like, waiting to get slapped. Nobody waits to get smacked like that. But that's another – this is sports. We're not talking about drama like (laughs) – like the Oscars. Yeah. Well, Jay, the NFL scripted is what everyone's saying now. So I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It might be Maybe the same it is thing. The same, yeah. Pearl off, don't don't open up a can of worms. <laughs> Just don't don't do that. You you you, you digging rab, rabbit holes. Don't, <laughs> don't dig a rabbit hole for everybody to go down. But yeah, I woke up this morning. I mean, it was like I went from straight from dreamland to rolling out of the bed, 
then, you know, grabbing a fresh pair of underwear, turn the shower on, go back in the room. And this just in, Brader retired and, like, it was like a thank you Jesus moment, man. It, not because, like, I'm hating on Brady, even though I'm a Patriots hater or whatever. I respect the guy. But it, it's, like, it's like, dude, it, it's just like like I heard uh, the, the lady Molly from um, from First Take was like, well, why do you think Brady is retiring? And the guy was coming up with this eloquent meeting. I was like, he's retiring because it's starting to look ridiculous. And we're all like a bunch of just all-day San Diego suckers like holding on to this every year. Like, where do you think he's gonna play next? I don't know. What he's like, dude, you're forty six. Go away. There's more to life. Please. Yeah, but and Jay, he like, wasn't that bad this year. People make it out to be like, you know, no. he couldn't throw the football. He had more completions than anyone in the NFL this year. I don't care if he was electric. That has nothing to do with it. And no, he did not play bad. It's just like, dude, the whole thing is you're forty six. Go away. You're messing up the natural order of football. Let the guys come in. You're messing up. You're, you're, you're ruining the circle of life. Simba <laughs> can't take over because of you. Won't let go. I forgot. Basically. It was, uh, uh, what was I listening to? And I can't remember. Someone said, I'm more interested in where Jordan Love is going and what happens to Trey Lance than I am about Rodgers and Brady. Ooh, you hear something about Jordan Love and Trey Lance. <laughs> I got that got your attention. <laughs> um, Jay, solid call all Maggie, the way around. He, he's Drop right. a mic. He's right. Don't be a San Diego sucker. <laughs> I did not know that was an expression, but I love it. I love Jay when he does the impersonation of all the talking heads like us. Like, where is he going to play next year? Yeah. It's like, was that me or Pearl? <laughs> It's a composite, both of us. Circle of life, the <laughs> NFL circle of life. He's, he's right. They are kind of disrupting it. Breeze too. They all stuck around for so long. Uh, our buddy. Big Dave's on the line. What's up, Big Dave? What's up, guys? Hey, listen, just caught the last part of the show there. Jumped in the truck, was heading to Walmart. Mike calls me out, so I got to call in. (laughs) So let me get this straight. You're saying that you think Brady's coming back? No. Here's what I said. I said that I thought that Brady, this was not about Brady wanting to retire. I thought he put the feelers out to certain teams, and I think he got back a bunch of no's. Yeah, that could be the case, but yeah. there's zero chance he's coming back. I mean, he is not coming back. You know, you get one – folks like him get one mulligan. He's used that up, and if he were to do that again, I mean, it would – I think it would actually tarnish the way people look at him. Listen, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Okay? Keep this in mind that we're not talking about championships. Forget championships. We're not talking about ranks. Best weapon as a quarterback, playoff Tom Brady or regular season – Peyton Manning. Oh, man. I'll hang up the list. Jeez, Dave, you're going to make us choose. Wait, so you're saying better weapon or best weapon? So who's the... who's the... What's the better weapon? I've uh. got to go playoff Brady. There's nobody, even now, even today, he's 46 years old, if you have two minutes and one timeout to win the game, nobody scares me more than Brady. I don't know. How many Super Bowls was he in? How many did he win? Well, he was in 10 Super Bowls, and he won seven of them. Yeah. But how many of them did he single-handedly lead the Patriots? I mean, five, four. four out of seven. And, you know, the best yards won. I, I don't know. It's funny. Big Dave's term, weapon. When I think of weapon, I think of the ultimate weapon, Randall Cunningham. I think of a guy. I don't think of Brady as a weapon. I feel like he was more of a CEO was just running the whole team. It's not like he was making better throws than everybody or doing highlight plays. He was just such a leader. I, I'm not sure I understand. I see him as a weapon. weapon. I think he was a weapon, and he was 
in the biggest in the moments where you needed him the most, he it's he always delivered. He did. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is a weapon because he can roll against his body and throw it seventy yards downfield. Tom Brady never did any of that stuff. He yeah, just but, was efficient. Yeah, but like any third down, gotta have it. Brady's yeah. there. He's he's gonna make the he's gonna make the right read. He's and not throw gonna an eight make yard this, pass and, and Julian Edelman or Wes Welker, whoever it is, is gonna be there on time to catch it. Yeah, that's hardly the ultimate weapon stuff. That <laughs> I is, mean, who are you more worried about? See, this is the other thing. I would never be I never went into a Super Bowl and thought, oh my gosh, uh, Tom Brady's gonna be unstoppable for them. Like you think Mahomes is gonna be impossible to stop. It's it's a different phenomenon. I don't know. There's like a Brady intimidation factor that may have actually subsided a bit this year. I understand that. No, but no, no. Was like... But the Patriots, you were not scared of Brady. You were scared of the team, right? Yeah, in but... 2007, you were scared of Brady. But in the in the Super Bowl years, it was much bigger than just Brady. Well, the Brady. Super Bowl years like span 20 years. Right. So, yeah, maybe early on, am I a little more worried about the defense and Vinatieri, I guess? But, I mean... I, that that's kind of just that's like early Brady. Then we had like mid, we've had multiple iterations of his right. career. We had early Brady, we had middle Brady, and we have late Brady. They're all Hall of Fame careers, all of them. Yeah. Do you worry about him the same way you worry about a healthy Patrick Mahomes? I mean, no. But his question was Peyton Manning. Yeah, I, I hear you. That's great. Great. Who else? I don't think it was a, a weapon either in that sense. I would worry Brady was amazing, but you didn't come into that Super Bowl and say, "Well, man, how are they going to game plan for Tom Brady?" You said, how are they going to outthink Bill Belichick and beat Brady and do all this stuff? Maybe, I'm, am I crazy? Uh, I mean, I think I think that's a, that seems like you're shortchanging Brady a little, a lot. It might be. Yeah. But it, he was just such a team player. It was way different phenomenon. Listen, you play, your teams, you played him. Your teams played him in two Super Bowls. So yeah. you've, you understand that. And you know what it's like to go up against him. You're one-on-one. I watched Tom Brady beat my team like a drum for 20 yeah. years. Like, I I have the utmost respect for him. I 100% think he's a weapon. Yeah. And I think he put the belief in everyone else that they were weapons. Like, not that they yeah. needed it yeah, necessarily, yeah. but I think he, like, I think you step on the field with Tom Brady, they would talk about the Patriot way. You think that's like being evasive at a press conference. I think it's because, like, the details that Ross Tucker was talking about earlier when he was his center and having yeah. to snap the ball in the perfect way every time. I think you step on the field like you want to win for Brady because you know he's giving it his all. I 100% agree, but none of that's his weapon to me. Mm. Weapon to be like Lamar Jackson's a weapon. I, I think of weapon more of as an athletic. Yeah. Off, Aaron Rodgers is a weapon. Brady was so much more than that in a way, but I, I understand Dave's point. Yes, no, it's got to be Brady in the playoffs, right, to answer that question because that's just more important. Than, means more. Means more. Yeah. Peyton was pretty sick too. Was it 14... Conference championships, won 10 of them. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, the Brady numbers and stuff are just nuts. Uh, really quickly, Chris in Pennsylvania, we were talking about which retirements hit you the hardest. Chris, what do you have? Uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Um, I'm a native Washingtonian. Yep. My grandfather loved the original senators that are now the Twins. My father loved the expansion senators that are now the Rangers. And, you know, they had Walter Johnson, and my dad had Frank Howard, and I had Ryan Zimmerman seeing him win a championship after so after no baseball for 30-some-odd years, and then having bad baseball and then choking throughout most of the 2010s, and finally seeing him win one, seeing this city win one, first time since 1924, and Ryan Zimmerman seeing him win when he was the original Mr. National, and meant everything to me, and seeing him retire and seeing that number 11 retired uh, meant everything to me and be there for it I, I, against uh, the Phillies 
uh, Mr. Perloff's Phillies. Yeah. But uh, yes, it was. It meant everything to me, and um, baseball in Washington means everything to me. And so Ryan Zimmerman's that one hit different. And I, I, yeah, of course, I shed a few tears. Are you yeah. going to cry when Bryce Harper retires, a, a world champion? You know, in Philly? I, have, I have the utmost respect for him, and I'm glad that he won that pennant with 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 your Phillies. Uh, my awesome. my partner, who I love very much, she's getting to sports, and she's a Phillies fan. And even though, of course, I have my feelings with the Phillies and the Eagles, she is having a great time, and she is loving sports, and she's experiencing this. And honestly, this is going to be heresy. I'm delighted to see her. Love, I guess love overcomes these rivalries. Wow. (laughs) Wow, even a NL East rivalry. Those get pretty heated. Chris, thanks so much for sharing your memories of Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah, I mean, Mr. National, he was awesome. I got to cover those teams in their first year just as a low-level mm. stringer and um, for the Associated Press, and uh, he was – you knew there was something special about it. Yeah, him. no, I mean, it was a big – as a Phillies fan, it's important to me because we beat the Nationals like a drum for so many years. It was <laughs> nice nice Chris, to see, uh, right, see Ryan Zimmerman out there. Chris shares this nice story, said he shed a couple tears. And he likes Bryce Harper. And then Perloff had to, had to go there. Yeah, I'm a Philly fan. We we don't have we don't have time for tears. And you're in all your glory now that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Uh, big show tomorrow, guys. T.J. Watt is going to join us from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looking forward to that. Thank you, Samter. Thank you, Stu. Thanks to Sally Field and Ross Tucker and the Weedos. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.